It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. How good is Australia? Have a go. It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. Get a job. Have a go. To start a business. Start a family. To buy a home. Have a go. Have a go. And get a fair go when they have that go. Get a job. Work hard. Work hard. It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. This is the best country in the world in which to live. Work hard. Welcome to another episode of the Have A Go podcast. Thanks for being with us for another week. My name is Dave Edwards and I'm joined as I am always in the studio by Dane Eldridge. Welcome to the show. Pleasure to be back with you, mate, as we um, run the rule over this once young dynamic country in white school and all pruny. I always look forward to the way that you neatly encapsulate uh, the premise of our podcast <laughs> in one single sentence. And you've done very well. Thank Again, you. it's usually running the rule. Yeah, you, you got to, you I know, need to get a new mix term. Mix it up a little bit. Hmm. Mate, well, we need to run the rule over this uh, this week because um, we're talking about a really, really meaty and current topic. It's very topical at the moment, mm, the subject mm. of today's episode. Mate, if there's one thing I've learned from watching Married at First Sight, it's that relationships are very tricky. Uh, they don't always work out. There's ups and downs. Sometimes you feel sidelined. Sometimes you feel gaslighted. Luckily, there's one relationship that has stood the test of time, mm. and that's the Australia-US alliance, otherwise known as the special relationship. The special relationship, yes. Uh, we're the best of mates, aren't we? We are, unconditionally. We certainly are. There's no conditions. Well, there are conditions. There are. We don't talk about them. No. But they are. They're, they're never spoken about. No. But they're our friend. We're their friend. We'll do whatever they say. They say they'll do whatever we say. Yeah. Haven't tested it yet, but apparently that's what they'll do. <laughs> so the history of our relationship goes back a while. Certainly World War One, really, if you want to, you know, think about it. I mean, we fought together in World War One mm. uh, in France, you know, John Monash bossing blokes around. No better way to get to know someone than in the trenches fighting the Germans on <laughs> French soil. I mean, I've always said that. Of course not, mate. Unbreakable bonds are forged in war, aren't they? And then strengthened by mm. our adoption of Halloween. <laughs> and uh, we'll never go back on that. No. And then World War II came along and obviously America was instrumental in clinching that little battle. Um, you know, they didn't really want to get in, but once they did, once Pearl Harbor happened, they fired right up. They did. And we fought alongside them there in the trenches again. Many we famous did. battles, the Coral Sea, mm. Battle of Midway. Mm. Um, so during World War II, many American servicemen were stationed in Australia. Yep. Yep. Um, they were incredibly popular with our ladies as well. Oh, of course. More reports. And some men, to be honest. I mean, look, and they're still here to this day. We have mm. army bases in Darwin uh, set up here to hone our um, interoperational strategy, as I believe it's called, and, and we're happy to have them here. They must have looked like celebrities back then because Australia blokes in the, you know, 1930s, 1940s, we didn't dress very well. We were pretty unkempt, mm. knock-around blokes. Then these wonderful men from America. That's right. The promised land came mm. here and dazzled us with their, you know, beautiful teeth and a dapper dress. I mean, think it must about, have just been a f fabulous time. Oh, would, I mean, look, we were largely a, a meat and three veg diet nation back then, mm. weren't we? Not a lot of protein. Nah. I mean, we uh, had good, uh, you know, we're low body fat, but I yep. wouldn't say that we were big and muscly. Probably the AFL body shape, uh, yeah. as we <laughs> yeah. want to to seek these days. But imagine just the the boat pulling up into the into the harbour and just these chiselled marines oh. getting off and the the shirts just beautifully hugging the bicep, just Listening tailored bronze skin, just fantastic. And it was Everyone probably... just looks like Marlon Brando in my mind for some reason. <laughs> That's right. Me too. Every single one of Every them. Every single one of them. All killing machines as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyway, that was World War II. 
Mm. And after that, we consummated our relationship in the form of the ANZUS Security Treaty. Of course. Um, that was the beginning of us really seeing the US as our real protector. Yeah, that's right. And, and you know, we even um, we strengthened that alliance in 1986 when New Zealand was suspended from the, mm. from the alliance because they wanted a no-nuclear policy, which, you know, they just, they just can't help themselves, these no. blokes, can they? And, you know, we it's would, a little green utopia. No, that's right. You know, it, you know, at the detriment of their own safety. Yeah. But as we yeah. always say, where are your minerals, boys? That's right. <laughs> Exactly. Um, but, like, I mean, we would never do that. You know, I mean, no. we, we, America, we are, we are just – we will do whatever they say. I mean, f- our first overseas diplomat from Australia was to Washington. Yep. You know what I mean? We wanted them to know that we, we were here for them. Of course yeah, we did. And nowadays we lose our minds whenever our, one of our sportsmen are on ESPN. Yeah. I don't see that happening in New Zealand at all. Not at all. I'd actually say even data would show that the US is the greatest inciter of cultural cringe in uh, Australia. Yeah. But that's okay because they've got weapons and we... They've got weapons and yeah. we don't have any weapons anymore to my detriment. <laughs> um, another thing that we do, so ANZUS happened in Five Eyes. So yep. we're in a security alliance with them as well. Um, yeah. You know, Australia, Canada, New Zealand, I think the UK and the US are all together. Mm. It's good to know what's doing. <laughs> that's right. The Five Eyes Agreement kind of lets us know what's doing. Yeah, I think that's – I can imagine a Skype call between the five nations just <laughs> pops on and the, it's, the meeting's called What's Doing. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, if it's being in Five Eyes like being, you know, on social media, like yeah. you – you, you just get to know what's going on. You'd probably be happier off it, mm. but at least you know what's doing. Yeah, I, I mean, so your Global Intelligence Alliance is akin to just scrolling mm. your timeline. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whenever I hear five eyes, I always think that's a bit creepy, isn't it? Just it's, five sets of eyes just creeping. Yeah, just like someone. the Sounds problematic, eyes. if I'm being honest. Mm, I'm just, it sounds like standing outside a bedroom window in a bush with yeah. a balaclava on, yeah. probably in a trench coat. But yeah. we're safe, so that's good. <laughs> So since then, I mean, we've faithfully followed the US into many, many wars, mm. but we all had to stop communism, of course. Oh, of course. Lyndon Johnson, I mean, he was halfway through asking for our assistance in Vietnam and we just already had our bags packed. Like, we were so keen That's right. to get on board with LBJ. Of course. Yeah. Weren't yeah. We? Yes, definitely. Just on LBJ, I was reading about him. He seemed to have a really bizarre obsession with his own genitals. <laughs> I've, I've heard that as well. I believe he called his penis Jumbo. Yeah, he did. And um, he used to have um, aides come into the bathroom and just take notes while he was urinating, and he would just turn to them, you know, facing them directly. Yes. And penis out. I mean, this was well before Louis (laughs) C.K. I mean, he would have got just absolutely cancelled. Well, I actually also read as well that um, when White House staffers wouldn't install a, a jet hose in his shower <laughs> at hip height for his penis, he actually yeah. invoked the Vietnam War. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think when he was talking to a bunch of reporters uh, off the record, um, one of them asked, why are we in this war? And he just turned around and took his penis out and said, this is why. <laughs> I don't think anyone ever got to the bottom of that. Like, no. did, did his penis actually, you know... in was that the cause of the Vietnam War? Yeah, Potentially. I well, imagine that. Must have been yeah. a hell of a penis. I mean, we do know a lot about US presidential penises, much more than we know about Australian prime ministerial penises. Yes, we do. I was actually thinking which Australian PM would actually take his penis out. I mean, mm. I'd probably Bob Hawke. Yeah. Uh, but it probably also puts a bit of a different spin on Kevin Rudd's stimulus package, doesn't it? <laughs> it's a hell of a stimulus. Yeah, that's right. Um, so let's fast forward to 9-11. I mean, 9-11... The day that the US came under attack on their own soil, we'll never forget it. I mean, everyone remembers where they were on 9-11. Do you, mm. do you remember where you were? I certainly do, mate, and I challenge anyone to uh, say otherwise. I mean, I was um, living in a regional centre at the time, mm. three hours west of Sydney, no high-rise, no flight path, but I was still sent home from work. Mm. Um, yeah, that's just life in the public service. Yep. But it's a day that's stuck with me uh, ever since. Yeah, I mean... It was, just, I, it was also like the first time we saw round-the-clock... Uh, 24-7 news cycle, didn't we? Yeah, it was a real start mm. of that, wasn't it? Mm. I remember I remember, mum woke me up. Uh, I was about 
15 at the time. And, you know, she came to my room and said, something terrible has happened. You know, mine just jumping to all sorts of conclusions. Mm. I remember looking up at the sky that day at school just looking for planes yeah, okay. and I didn't see any because I went to school on the upper north shore of Sydney and to be fair, if you saw a plane in the sky, it probably was terrorism because <laughs> we're that far away from a flight path. But um, those are my main memories of 9-11. Mm. Um, quite fortuitously for Australia, John Howard, our Prime Minister at the time, was actually in Washington. Yes, very uh, fortuitous. When it happened mm. and within a few days, Australia actually invoked the ANZUS Treaty to offer its full support to the US mm. and boys, we see you're under the... Th- we see that you're under the pump. We're here to help you. Yeah, yeah. Here's um, three guns to add to your <laughs> 50 billion tankers. We just got rid of our guns, but we're up for it. We're ready. That's right. I mean, Bush, George Bush, who was the president at the time, he described Howard as a man of steel. I mean, we had that personal relationship with the US that they really forged those two. They did. And I actually read that um, that John Howard figured heavily in George's um, decision to invade Iraq or Afghanistan or one yeah, of right. those countries. And I just I just imagine just that George and, and John having a few beers over dinner and, yeah. and John just egging him on, you know, how, about, how about an airstrike? And yeah. and George is reluctant, so John just starts ordering rum and cokes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the next thing he just cuts away a couple of hours later and George is couple of top buttons are undone. There's a bit of slobber on his shirt and he's just ordering airstrikes left, right and centre. Yeah. So that's so how I did it. Yeah, of course. Um, well, I mean, their relation goes back to 2000 when Bradman died and Bush <laughs> had just secured the Republican nomination and he called Howard to offer his condolences over Bradman. And I just love to have heard that that phone call. Like, yeah. No one took Bradman's death harder than Howard. Oh, of course not. And you imagine just like Bush consoling Howard over Bradman just in this Texan drawl. It's <laughs> yeah. like when one of your US mates says the word footy. It just <laughs> sounds really true. weird. That's right. <laughs> and I'm um, con- congratulating um, the, the Don on his 99.94 RBI. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, look, it, it also invokes memories of, you know, of, um, of Donald Trump trying to say Sachin Tendulkar and yeah. Virat Kohli over in India and just completely botching it and as we're all want to do, yeah. everyone just applauding. No one's got the balls to correct them. No. Just thank you for trying. Well, Trump was still a while away. I mean, Obama came after Bush and he made America cool again. He did. Do you remember that? Like we were seduced by his coolness as Australians. It was suddenly cool to go back to America, you know, go to an NBA game, eat some wings, drink a Sam Adams. Yep. Like America became cool again after the you know, the Bush years when they kind of went on the nose a bit. He's, he's, oh, I mean, and heady days they were, weren't oh. they? I just love to think back to it. And even these days, you know, Barack has that aura, you know, that every Doesn't time he? he's on the TV or on the radio, we just yearn for oh. him to come back. I don't know if it's in the rules if he can't come back for another term or not. Why doesn't he? Oh, but, yeah, but I mean, look, it was a time in America of collaborative, thoughtful, mm. holistic yeah. politics Completely off-brand for America. Yeah. And that's why, um, you know, he was, well, I mean, he did his two terms, but, you know, it was a lot of Americans were happy yeah. to see him go. But then America just went straight back. Well, it went, it went somewhere, didn't it? Because Trump came along just out of nowhere and we didn't mm. know how to deal with this bloke. No. I mean, there, Turnbull was in at the time. I mean, it's hard to think of two more different blokes than Trump and Turnbull. I know. And uh, he was termed an alliance sceptic, mm. uh, Donald Trump. <laughs> so, so, yes, he may have bombed us. Uh, it, it was a very stark he, possibility. I, think, I mean, yeah. I mean, he probably had no idea of the shared history between Australia and the US. No, I don't. That doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that would read. Um, but yeah, I mean, mm. this is a guy that thought 
the military at his disposal was for clearing a path through citizens for a photo op. Yep. So I, I can't, uh, wouldn't uh, imagine that he'd have any qualms in just hitting the button. No. No. I mean, it was kind of back to the isolationism of old for the US in, in a way. And that power vacuum was a pretty scary time for Australia. We weren't sure what this meant for our relationship. We had to think for ourselves. I mean, we obviously still backed the US to the hilt. We did. Um, even though Trump was, com- you know, conducting Twitter diplomacy at all times. But a lot of people began to question the alliance, possibly for the first time. Well, I think in my lifetime it would be at the, at the, uh, the lowest ebb. I mean, I, yeah. never, I never thought it was under threat, but I thought, yeah. geez, they haven't called for a while. And I mean, making matters worse, I mean, Donald never dropped in for a visit once. Happy to go, to, once. Happy to, go to Korea, North Korea, <laughs> just on the doorstep up there, but couldn't pop in for, you know, just to have tea at Kirribilli or maybe just a photo op with, uh, with a Sharon or something. Shocking. We couldn't uh, get him down here for the Australian Open golf. Nothing. I mean, there mustn't have been any available bookings on Air Force One at that time. I mean, Trumpism has infected us. I mean, we're seeing Trumpism infecting our politics here. Trumpian politics are on the rise. I mean, it's impossible for politicians to get cancelled these days. And he's kind of he's kind of led the charge there. I mean, back in the day, Barry O'Farrell resigned over a bottle of red. <laughs> That's right. Um, but we've got rogue MPs speaking out against their party's wishes. Craig Kelly, mm. George Christensen, all these overweight, unkempt blokes just telling it how it is. Is this good? Yeah. Uh, oh. Well, yeah, it is. Um, but uh, look, I mean, yeah, then they're really testing the waters like they've never had before, yeah. aren't they? There used to be a line that was towed by our politicians, but now they're just uh, happy to, you know, uh, show volatility towards the media, just spread misinformation, mm. uh, you know, promote nationalism, and, and there's no accountability anymore. And I'm not hearing any talk about the special relationship. Not at all. Anyway, Biden's in now, so we're safe now. It's all no, good. Yeah. no, we're cherry ripe. Have a go. You need some shit for hire? Come talk to the blokes that have been helping build Australia since 1925. Bangle, grinder, hammer, drill, drain, cleaner, impact driver, generator, air compressor, or a cordless drill. Renovation, demolition, Scotty Cam on television, brick saws, block saws, come and have a go. We've got some shit for hire. Do you want to reach a dedicated audience of everyday Australians? Honest Aussie battlers who like rock music, beer, automobiles, hardware, banter and are probably aged between 25 and 52? The Have A Go podcast offers a fresh alternative to traditional radio advertising by offering a 100% on-demand podcast experience. Whether you're looking to reach tradies on the worksite or white-collar cucks on the light rail, you can be sure your message is heard on Australia's most promising weekly podcast, hosted by two-time poor blokes who are certainly not professional comedians. Our ad sales team stands ready to take your call and elevate your brand to the next level or some shit. The Have A Go podcast. We're open for business. It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. Well, I like Malcolm. Malcolm, Malcolm, Malcolm. Malcolm. I, like, I, like, I like Malcolm very much. But I'll tell you, so Scott is a great gentleman. And, and, and I think they're both very good people. But I've developed a very special relationship with Scott. Scott, 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 Scott. Scott. Jennifer, his wife, is somebody that loves love, love country, country very much. I can tell you that. We spoke for a while and she truly loves your country. Another week, another juicy topic for us to tackle. And um, we're doing that with special guest, 
uh, social commentator and comedian Luke Heggie. Mate, welcome back once more to the Have A Go oh, podcast. Thanks. Welcome to be here. Thank you. Mate, this week we're talking about the US-Australia relationship. Yes. Uh, the special relationship, as some call it. Mm. What does the relationship mean to you? Is it special? Oh, very. I mean, we mm. always try to be like them, and why not? We take our cues from them. Uh, it's a third world country with a very thin first world veneer, and that's what we should all strive <laughs> to be. The American yeah. dream. Everyone can be a billionaire. Nothing underneath, just yeah. superficial gloss. Absolutely. Everyone can be a billionaire there. If you yep. grab your dishonest opportunities with both hands, you're away. I mean, they have given us so much over yeah. the years, but then we did give them hoags. So <laughs> nice of us to do that. It's even. And he yeah. sent them, sent him back unrecognisable. Oh, yeah. He's Didn't just he 98% Botox now. Yeah, he was a real, he was a real <laughs> fixer-upper. Yeah. He, he was about 50 when he got big, wasn't he? How old is he now? Don't know. Not sure. He I'm looks about up. 120. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think he might be. Yeah, but he was the worst house in the best street. There's no doubt about Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. He yeah. single-handedly built the Harbour Bridge and thought, my work's done here. Yeah. I'm out of here. Now I'm just going to be a larrikin. Oh, Larrikinism <laughs> pays the bills every now and then. And America does love a larrikin. Oh, who doesn't? Yeah. I mean, we've, this, this country is built on larrikinism and pokies. Um, <laughs> but maybe I think there, are, there are schools of thought that maybe we shouldn't do everything that America do. Like really? We concentrate on their politics and very closely follow their entertainment. When here, our problems are bigger than a Texas T-bone. We've got to you know, sort out Australia first. That's what some people think. I'm not of that school. No. Obviously. Sort out your own backyard first before you start looking over the fence. No. no. How many times I've been asked or told that? Well, if you sort out your own backyard, yeah, yeah. what are you going to fucking stand on? You need, need some junk and shit to stand on. Look <laughs> over right. the fence and see what's going on. I can't relate yeah. to it. I don't have a backyard. Yeah. I live in a high-density <laughs> urban environment. Um, so cultural differences between Australia and the US. Would you mm. say there are many? I mean, we, we try to uh, mirror ourselves on them in some cases. Yes. We obviously consume a lot of their content. Their television shows are beamed into our living rooms. Yeah. Do you think they know much about us? I mean, we obviously know a lot about them. Do they care about us? Uh, I don't think many of them even know what we are. Mm. I think there'd be. They don't think anything. Literally of us. Mm. There um, there'd be there'd be more American flat earthers who think that Australia's fake and full of actors <laughs> than than there would be normal Americans who could point at our continent and say that's Australia. Even though it's got Australia written on it, on the map, they still wouldn't be able to point out. Yeah. That's, no, what they, no. that's where they are. I think there'd be pockets of elites on the coasts, that were on the co east yeah. and west coast, who would know about Australia just yeah. to build up their own sort of cultural identity. But when you're talking about the flyover states, the Rust Belts, all those sort oh, of yeah. places, yeah. no bloody idea Anything whatsoever. Belt no, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and they would say, people would mention Australia and say, fucking bullshit. That's, that's, yeah. That's doesn't exist. Haven't tales. seen it. Yeah. They haven't even got to the stage of the. We think there's kangaroos bouncing down the main street. They just yeah, don't no, believe it at no. all. I no. mean, that's that's taught in universities over there. The mm. kangaroos down the street. Right <laughs> the Below that, it's like not even existent mm. in Australia. There's actually a professor at Yale who specialises in that kangaroos <laughs> yeah. bouncing down the street. <laughs> so, th any personal experiences with Americans well, dealing with the sepos in person? Uh, I've dealt with sepos. Don't yeah. worry about it. I, I spent some months living in the back of a car yeah, right. in America. And uh, I would routinely get pulled over and um, asked what the fuck I am. Yeah. What, <laughs> That's what, a broad question. Yeah, pretty much. Like a cop. What the fuck <laughs> are you when you start talking? Like, but things like, well, what part of Europe is that? Um, I remember being in Texas and just asking for a bottle of water and they couldn't understand me. 
Like they, wow. I said the sentence about eight times. Can I please have a bottle of water? <laughs> Even but with your exquisite, exquisite yeah, metropolitan exquisite, rounded vowels your accent, beautiful timbre and everything, mm. and they're still like, like, well, bah, <laughs> like that's just one word. How that's not even three words. <laughs> so I found I some cultural differences, but you know, go on course. with your. I mean, be, living in a car. Like, you know, if you if you speak English in Australia, why do you have such an accent? That yeah. sort of question. <laughs> yeah. You know, mm. where's Australia? What is it? Um, what are you talking about? Just yeah. no idea. Mm. I mean, I've been there for a, a couple of times more recently, this century, for um, comedy purposes. And uh, when it comes to comedy in America, I can tell you one thing they don't like me. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hard work. Did they just have a visceral reaction to your appearance or your content? Or what, what uh, was the. Pretty much everything. Like yeah. I, an MC would come off, come on back after me and say, like after 20 minutes. Say, did anyone understand a fucking word of that? that sort of thing. Yeah. Always good feedback. They all just shake their heads. Yeah, yeah. No good. Okay, so that's. Well, what um, are the comedians over there like? I mean, if you were obviously act loud, yeah, just loud, it's just noise. That's why Jim Jeffries is probably pretty, um, pretty popular over there because he's very, he's very forward, isn't he? Very he confrontational. He's incredibly loud. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so they don't get the subtle thinking man's right. comedy that that so he specialises <laughs> in. Yeah, of course. It's, uh, so it's decibels fun. equals yeah success over there. Absolutely. That's why there's canned laughter in Question Time in their politics. <laughs> that's what we should have here. We really should. We really should take some more things from America. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Just yeah. all, all their good ideas and implement them here. Uh, Maybe cut down the dane tree, plant some corn, yeah, that yeah. sort of thing, and let, yeah. the, let the dust that that creates blow over the ocean and sort out the reef. Because yeah. dust plus an oil slick equals zero. <laughs> yeah, just cancels it out. Done. Yeah, because coral bleaching's taking way too long. So we just yeah. might as well get Keep something. hearing about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it true? Has it happened? I don't know. Well, I All I see is just colourful pictures of the reef. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, me neither. I mean, even okay. though they're watermarked 1986, but yeah, it's, it doesn't look, it looks <laughs> well, like there's no problem. Well, I haven't personally seen it, so it probably yeah. doesn't exist. No, of course not. It's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Like most things. Um, yeah, we just need to get Aussies interested in stuff again, and I think America's the answer for that. Yeah. We love them. Yeah. Why not? Who's Basketball, it? murder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> true crime? They love their true crime over they there. They do, they ever. We're kind of reaching for our true crime. Not enough crime here. Well, Not enough content around crime. Yeah, well, it's not glamorous the, enough anyway. No, yeah. how's yeah. the larrikin-based crime? Yeah. Yeah. It's too believable. It's believable stuff. crime. It's yeah. plausible crime. Yeah, but, we need some stuff like professional footballers decapitating oh, people. Yeah. We need more hapless up. hillbillies here getting <laughs> coerced into saying something they clearly didn't fucking do. Yeah. Yes. That's an eight-part series. Man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We need, like, our, our all of our, um, you know, police forces and, and government and, and legislative sort of levels are just way too inept to actually collaborate in such a cover-up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they got really good systemic, yeah, yeah. police corruption. They probably obviously don't oh, have an ICAC over know. there. But, yeah. like, no. a lot of, they just yeah. do things like that better. Like, our yeah. cops here... We're still, you know, they're, they're still just smashing the likes of me across the face with the yellow pages. <laughs> American cops, they're, they're framing yeah. fucking rednecks. It's yeah. actually quite an impressive operation when you think about it. It's amazing. Yeah, like it how, is. How they do well. They do this sort of stuff so well. It's because they're all born TV ready. Yeah, they are. They they are aren't they? That's how they are. And they're all born with like the most beautiful teeth. Aren't they? They certainly oh, are. Well, I think um, they, well, it's horse teeth, isn't it? Yeah, they just put horse, whack a set of horse teeth <laughs> into, a, into a person. It doesn't even need to be properly sized. Nah. One size fits all. Yeah, but that's the other thing too. You're right. TV ready. I think about how to make a murderer and when that happened, which was bloody eons ago, and all of it was filmed. Yeah. yeah. Why aren't we all carrying around camcorders? Why weren't we all carrying and around that was camcorders in the nineties? Stuff as well. It was just blokes Absolutely. carrying around camcorders. They love yeah. to film themselves and multiple angles as well. 
So, yeah, so it was actually, you know, nicely oh, edited. Man. Production yeah. values were very high. I mean, there's nothing in Australia on record pre-1985. Well, that's no. why I've never really murdered someone properly. I can't, <laughs> I can't secure more than one camera crew at a time. Well, fuck this. I need the reverse. I'm not doing it twice. They're all booked up. They're all doing reality television. <laughs> we've got one take on this, guys, so we've got to get it right. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's pretty concerning. It is. It I is. mean, what about the future of our relationship? I mean, we've, there's obviously very concerning times at the moment geopolitically. In terms of international relations, China's knocking on our door. We need the US, though. We need to keep this relationship because they are still a, a big deal when it comes to defence. They're our biggest oh, ally. Well, the best form of defence is to sell guns to people who can use them against you in the future, as they've, as they've <laughs> discovered in the past, mm. and they should be giving us guns, really. Mm. Yeah, another so, thing we're doing wrong. Uh, I mean, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Yep. You know, Poetry and colouring in is not going to defend us. From Chinese soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> we need guns. We need guns. So despite the, the relationship probably hitting one of its lowest points in the Trump administration, it is still very worthwhile to be, you know, stuck on the backside of this big whale moving Absolutely. forward. Absolutely. I mean, all we need is like every American to just give us one of their guns each. They've got, they've <laughs> yep. got cabinets full of them. Yeah. They're not going to miss one. We don't even need the good ones. All of us. We don't need the good ones either. Just give us anything. Oh, muskets. We'll take what, anything. Whatever. Maybe we need to uh, sort of delve into the decluttering phenomenon that's going through at the moment. Maybe we could go yeah. over there and help them declutter. Yeah. We'll take these guns, guys. Just leave them with us. You only need you. I'll leave you with seven. Yeah. Mm. And we'll take the other 25. Absolutely. Guns a go go. Minimalism. Yeah. Go and buy a storage shed like they like to do. Um, right. Film that and you'll find some landmines and shit in there. Some unused grenades. You'll, yep. There's all sorts of stuff in those things. It's Amazing. Right. A vintage car. They love an IED. A signed baseball. Everything. Everything's in there. It's all in there. <laughs> Once yeah, again, right. I think we've uh, got there. Okay. Well, that's good. That's Well, that's concerning, but that's good. <laughs> I feel the cultural cringe again And people talking The scenes recalled Home improvement, their Super Bowls, their prestige dramas, the canned laughter, and words like swell, a terror threat. On familiar streets, shiny veneers on personal loads, a nation known for slogan politics, that canned laughter, that terror cell. Donuts with chalky glaze Slurpees and eggnog too Out on the sidewalk we sit All the vapidity we breathe We watch the frightening death of our culture Laugh and think Is this Australia? about a fair go for those who have a go. A lot of people have guns at home and they're not shooting strangers. Shooting strangers. Strangers. And there's almost no focus on the guy who did it. Why did he do it? Look at Australia. They have no gun violence. They don't have guns. Citizens aren't allowed to have guns. They also have no freedom. You can go to prison for expressing popular views and people do. Mate, we're in a period of extreme uncertainty when it comes to international relations, aren't we? We certainly are. I mean, we need friends in high places and muscly marines. That's what we need. I mean, we're only a small country. There's only 25 million of us, and we don't have a gun between us. 
So we need the US and we desperately need these blokes. Yep. So how can we get in their eye line and let them know that we're here? I mean, we need to do more, I think, to show that we're serious about this relationship. Mm, mm. Any we, thoughts? I mean, we have a fear of abandonment. We certainly We've do. got to keep these guys on our side at all times and costs. <laughs> oh, definitely. And I mean, let's acknowledge the elephant in the room straight away that it is profoundly cuck for us to need someone to yeah. overlook us and protect us. But let's be honest, we're a small nation in the grand mm. scheme of things. Geographically huge, mm. but uh, We're politically all alone small. here in Oceania. New Zealand's not going to do shit to help us. That's right, and we're sitting right on China's doorstep. Oh. So we need the America. We need America more than ever. We need to ever. cozy up to them more than ever. So let's kick around a few ideas. Okay, well, first of all, yeah, look, I am concerned that we care about them more than they care about us. That's undeniable. Of course. I'm not sure that if we just pissed off and just left and maybe even sided with the, the CCP that yeah, they right. would that America would even notice. Would they notice? I mean, I always think... Word if it would get around eventually, it I would, think. But would we be able to explain our way out of it? It's like, well, you didn't call us for a long time, yeah. did you? Yeah. <laughs> Seeing other people. Yeah, and China wanted some iron ore, so it was just one and yeah, one. Yeah, commercial transaction, sorry. I mean, honestly, I'd, I'd probably pose it this way, mate. I'd say if the US won and all expenses paid boys weekend to the to Rose Hill races mm. uh, for, for them and five friends. Would we make the cut? Of the five friends? Yeah. I don't know if we Who would. Who would they invite? I the UK, of course. UK, definitely, yeah, because we, uh, we need some class. Canada, next door neighbour. Yeah, Canada, um, France, yeah. a bit of war ties there. Yeah. Japan. Yeah. And I was also thinking India, even though they're not that close. Right. But well, you've got to think about the, yeah, the future geopolitical tension with China. You need, you need numbers. That's you right. Know, it's a numbers game. And when you're at the races, you always just need a guy who knows a guy. And I think India yeah. is that guy. <laughs> he knows yeah. a guy, doesn't he? Yeah, that's right. So you know, I honestly don't think we'd we be would down the list, it. wouldn't we? Yeah. And you imagine just Australia just scrolling through its Facebook timeline yeah. and then America pops up with all these sloppy photos right. trackside and we're not there. Or we're just getting like a last minute call up, like the race has already started. Oh, mate, you around? You want to come around? Yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, the guy, it's already started. You yeah. blokes are there already. Didn't you get my text? Just offensive. Yeah, of course. So, I, yeah, that, that's, that concerns me. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. I was thinking that maybe we could proactively suggest some new wars to follow them into. <laughs> I mean, maybe we could jointly invade New Zealand. Yes. I mean, they're on the outer anyway, aren't they? Well, uh, they ha officially haven't been welcomed back into the ANZUS Treaty. I think it was just yeah. an unspoken thing where they just <laughs> sort of forgot about it. Yeah. Uh, are they still no nuclear? I'm not too sure. Yeah. But let's test it. Yeah, vehemently they are. I mean, yeah. it would bolster our chances against China, I think. I mean, mm. when they invade Australia in the next few years, which they definitely will. I mean, unless China and New Zealand partner up against us, which is potentially going to happen given some of the rhetoric coming out of Wellington lately. Yeah, that's that's right. I mean, we're, we're, Wellington are talking up a big game. Australia and US versus China and New Zealand. I can see that being the next big battle. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like a, a game of Mortal Kombat or something. Any other ideas? Well, I'm just concerned, mate. I mean, look, I, I, like I, if this was AFL, I think <laughs> Australia would be listed as an emergency right. on America's team list. I don't think we're that important. But in saying that, we can't afford to take the chance... To, all jokes aside, mate, we can't we can't leave their side. So I, I think I think with China banging down our door, there's no more important time to really reinforce the alliance. Right. So I think we need to be seen. We need to be demonstrably seen yep. to be taking Optics. cues from America's leaders, and that's um, not political leaders. I'm talking Hollywood elites. Okay. Okay. So I think we should um, pedophile Hollywood elites <laughs> or just Hollywood elites. <laughs> yeah, but lawful Hollywood okay. elites. We'll start okay. there anyway. I mean, if we Do run they exist. Out, yeah, I'm not too sure actually. Um, I mean, let, let's see what. Witherspoon thinks we should do with Christmas Island. Yeah. Okay. Always you know, wanted that. Yeah. I mean, they're always well equipped to, yeah. to weigh in on these options. Okay. Um, what would John Legend and Chrissy Teigen post about <laughs> us if we abandoned clean coal? I mean, yeah. you know, should we, should we think about doing that? Um, you know, these are important ties that we need to be building at the moment. 100%. Yeah. So, and without that, I think we're just going to be quiet 
pruney old Australia. <laughs> I think so. Like, I think uh, kind of along those cultural lines, I think we need to spend billions of dollars on a re-education program for Americans so they actually understand our culture. Yes. So I'd like to see Americans airing traditionally Australian television shows in prime time in the US. Shows yep. like The Drum. <laughs> or shows like The Project that really showcase us as a nation. Yes. Um, and I'd also like to see AFL replays on in prime time. I think, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see more AFL that's sh- then shown in Australia, in America. Sharing diplomacy, we've talked about that on this podcast before, but maybe a new AFL franchise in the US could help. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, Preferably also- not called The Bombers. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, very sensitive about that. Yeah. I mean, one other thing I thought, maybe we could take some of their illegal immigrants. They're always banging on about that, aren't they? They take are, our aren't immigrants. they? or terror suspects, and we could take these blokes and we could put them in middle Australia and get them to do some fruit picking. Yeah, why not? I mean, there's a gap in the market there at the moment, and that's actually yeah. been one of the things that we've um, – one of the, the shared interests that Australia and America have always had is asylum seekers and how to palm them off to New Zealand. Yeah, yeah so I mean, that's certainly a, a something we can leverage. I mean, something I'm, I've always said is you can't commit a terrorist attack in the middle of Australia because you just can't get any phone or Wi-Fi signal <laughs> So it's a pretty safe space. It should be a fairly straightforward transaction, I would have thought. You have always said that. Um, Any others? I mean, I think there's some momentum around climate change at the moment. I feel like Biden is going to pressure us to start making some firm commitments before too long. Um, And that's an awkward conversation on the horizon, isn't it? it? It And I think that Mr. The Prime Minister Morrison's already um, putting laying the planks, isn't he? Yeah. He's just stealthily going back on his staunch, you know, uh, pro coal uh, movement. Yeah, he did the uh, did the uh, speech at the National Press Club the other yeah. day, where he actually started talking about it positively. Yeah, I and mean, I was like, "What the fuck is this? <laughs> Can't we just come up with some vague, non-committal, com- non-binding commitments to just meet net zero emissions sometime in the future?" Oh, we're already doing that. Oh well, yeah. I was just so let's say, just keep doing what we're doing. Yeah, well, net zero emissions is vague and sounds good to me. It has the number yeah. zero in it. Hands off our minerals. Yeah, of course. Get your hand, get your bloody dirty hands off our minerals, lads. That's right. I mean, you know what? It's easy for you over the way where you've got no bloody bauxite <laughs> to be tut-tutness. <laughs> and I'm talking to you, yeah. New Zealand. Any other any closing thoughts? I mean, maybe we could clone some more Hemsworths. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean, is Byron Bay big enough? I'm not yeah. sure it is. Um, look... I don't have anything more. I'm, I'm mm. actually stumped on what we're going to do to get back up in their eye line. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, the only, uh, only solutions I have is all-out war. Okay. Uh, and without that, we'll never be France or New Zealand. Oh, we're pretty fucked then, I guess. This is the best country in the world in which to live. Work hard, work hard. Yes. Yes.